You're listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 46. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hi, this is Ed K. Smith from Online Impact, here with my co-host Brendan Tully from the Search Engine Shop, and you're listening to the Business Marketing Show. And today we're going to be talking about how you can actually run your business uh, remotely. So how you could be traveling uh, and access all the things you need to access to uh, get your business up and running. And um, that's what we're going to cover today. We've both had some experience in that in various shapes and forms. So how are you, Brendan? Good, mate. Good. So, yeah, talking about escaping the office. I think we're both pretty qualified to talk about this as uh, uh, we both kind of work from multiple locations and have both run IT companies, I think. Yes, this is true. Um, mm. So, in terms of – this is a pretty hot topic, right, because there's lots of people talking yep. about this. Um, and well, I, I have to say I always give credit back to sort of putting a lot of this in place to reading Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Um, that sort of gave gave me the ideas of some of these things to do and try. So that was going back 2007, I think, was when I first read that book. So in terms of what people do these days, uh, the the way the internet is set up and the way mobile devices are set up, it's it's easier than ever uh, to be able to actually run a business and not have to be out of the same physical location all the time. Because uh, with all the cloud-based services and tools that we use, and uh, our smartphones and tablets and you know very thin, lightweight notebooks compared to how they used to be, uh, as long as you've got an internet connection, you can really be anywhere because you can use. As we're recording this podcast with, we're on Skype. Um, you know, we have uh, email systems that are, we can access anywhere. We have banking accounts that we can access anywhere. So now you, you do quite a lot of backing and forth between states in Australia, and sometimes you're in Perth, sometimes you're in Sydney, sometimes you're somewhere else. So um, what what are your thoughts on how this should be done in terms of uh, small businesses these days? Well, for me, so, I mean, the four-hour workweek book was all about escaping the office and kind of living anywhere. Um, but for me, because I've been asked multiple times in the last month about just general IT infrastructure questions, and my, I, you know, there's a different way to approach this in that if you decentralize your IT infrastructure or pull it out of the office and set it up, because the traditional approach was to have a stack of servers sitting in an office and you had to be the office to access network drives, files, whatever it was. Because when we had the IT company, so at its peak, so I had an IT company for eight years, and at its peak we had 25 staff. And we actually had two offices, but we had a stack of servers that sat in one of the offices and the other one was connected via VPN. And then we had a bunch of servers in a data center as well. Um, So I think we were running like something like 15 servers or something like that, obviously. That's intense. Yeah. You think about like the the capital that we dumped into that to buy that. We also had a phone system that was, you know, we spent like more than 10 grand on a phone system um, as well. And now today I have in the current business, we have, I think we have six staff and none of the staff are in the same physical location and we have better technology today. We have better 
IT functionality today than we did back then with the 15 servers that, <laughs> you know, even like one email server, I talked to, because I, you know, I talked to a whole, you know, a range of different business people and a lot of younger business people today or people who are starting a business today don't realize that, you know, as little as 10 years ago to have an e so our email server cost us something like 10 grand for the actual hardware. Mm. Then it had about five grand of software to run it. And then we needed someone to maintain it. We need basically IT resources to run it and keep it, keep it going and, you know, make sure there's no problems with it. And today you replace that whole server and all that, you know, stuff. And the other thing as well, that server had to be replaced every three to five years. So that was a, you know, a recurring cost. Mm. Um, you replace all that stuff today. So today we use in my business now, and I work. I have a few different businesses, but they all use Google Apps email hosting, and it's five bucks a user a month or fifty bucks a user a year, which is significantly less than That's you know, a rip off. Fifteen grand. I'm sure. I'm sure if you pushed hard, you could get it for four dollars a month, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's an example. It's it's chicken feed, and the the thing is, Google takes care of all the maintenance and the, the you know the upgrades and the the new technology that comes along. They're the ones that are paying for it. You know, fair enough. You, you, the costs of what you're paying for as a service may go up uh, to match that incrementally over time, but it's still absolutely nothing compared to the cost of having to do all that stuff yourself, like you were doing. Yeah, so, I don't think a lot of people appreciate that. I mean, no. I guess in this episode we're talking about a few things, being able to escape the office and literally work from anywhere. Like if your IT is set up well, your technology is set up well, there should be no difference from you working at home versus working in the office. The technology should work the same. Um, so escaping the office, things should actually be more reliable. It sounds weird, but they with technology today and the way technology works, your IT should be significantly more reliable than it was. I still cringe when people talk about their websites down when they're having outages down for days, like things down for days that you, you're going to have outages. Like you need to accept that IT does break. It needs to be restarted or whatever. It's going to be down, but which it should be a few hours, not days, um, but it should be more reliable and it should be yeah. cheaper too, right? It should be. It should be. That's a good name for a website, downfordays.com. I wonder if that exists. You know, you could you could have a, a site talking about all the terrible experiences you have with uh, with email systems and, and website hosting. Down for days. There you go. Check it out, folks. If it doesn't exist, it might <laughs> by the time you hear this. I'm sure it already does, right? <laughs> Horror stories. Someone's bound to, bound to have that domain. Uh, yeah, but look, you're dead right. It's... It's a no-brainer in terms of what we get access to now. And the young folk, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the early 20-year-olds. Um, well, it's not even that. It's people that are new to business. or Yeah, that's true. Who, we can't like just pick I, on the young folk. They're, too, they're an easy yeah. target. I mean, I've had, I have this conversation a lot of the time. People ask me for IT advice. I try not to let people know that I used to have an IT company, but it does come up. But um, even like people who... Often I'll have conversations with people who've moved into some sort of management role where they have to take care of IT or making IT decisions that they didn't have to make before or haven't made in 10 years. So so if you're a small business uh, and you're looking at having to take up these types of systems, uh, we've, we've already covered this specifically in other episodes that we can link to about uh, email, etc. But this... In, in terms of being able to actually go away or move to another um, city to work or go traveling, the, the cost of doing it is really not a lot. I mean, 
by the mm-hmm. time you add your, your, your different systems in place, and I mean, even if you factored in having to go and buy a laptop if you didn't have one uh, or something, you know, you, you're probably talking two or three grand to completely mobilize yourself. Um, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be more than that because all these systems you can pay for on a monthly basis. You don't have to pay in advance for them, and then they're typically not that that much. So, would you say that's a fair estimate of what what it would take to actually become mobile? Yeah, I think so. Do you want to run through? I have my I a list of points here, which is kind of like the, I guess the conversation, a variation of the conversation I kind of seem to have on an ongoing basis. That yeah, we'll, there's a whole we'll bunch that. of things, considerations, and things to think about. Um, when it comes to mobile and IT and all that sort of stuff. So the first one, like it's a big one, Mac versus PC, laptop versus desktop, which is an interesting one. Yeah, it is interesting now. I I tend to see the old lap, uh, lap uh, sorry, Mac versus PC or Windows, we should say, because yep. technically Mac is a PC. But um, if... I'm out and about. I see. I'm seeing a lot more people out and about who ha- seem to have Macs. And I occasionally see a Windows machine. I don't know whether that's just my reticular activating system picking up on all the Macs because I'm a Mac user. Um, but I, I keep seeing that glowing apple on the back of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yep. It seems. It seems to be that people um, appreciate the Mac more for its. Ease of being mobile than because I always had issues with Windows anytime I was mobile. I could never seem to get connected easily to things. Whereas yeah. I've never ever had issues with the with the Mac. It's always just been a piece of cake to to, to get connected and um, or you know tether to your iPhone. It's just it's all very easy. But that's just me. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I, I see the same. I just see the same. Like people, friends who have. I think it's different. Like. Friends that have small businesses with a few staff, say up to five staff, it seems to be a trend towards using Mac, particularly for laptops. Like the you know mm. MacBook Air, I think the base model is less than a grand, like yeah. super portable, you know, and it's a powerful PC. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. There seems to be a trend towards Mac, and the, like for me, I switched to Mac from uh, in two thousand nine. Um, switched to Mac from Windows, and life's just things just work like that's. That's the big thing for me. Like, I guess we had a we had an IT company. And we had a business built around Windows breaking, so that you know, <laughs> yeah. But basically, we got paid when Windows didn't work, and you know, if, given we had twenty twenty five staff, you know, that just highlights how much Windows didn't work. Um, so I think that's an important consideration because that kind of rolls into the support thing as well. Because if Windows breaks more, you're going to need you know IT support on a more uh, a more regular basis, I guess. So. It seems like, it, and a Mac's cheaper to buy now too. Like if your MacBook Air is less than a grand, and it's you know it's not going to break as much. It's it's cheaper to buy and it's cheaper to run. It's more portable. It seems like it is the better business decision, unless there is a specific reason to have a Windows PC. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I look, I don't I don't have anything against the the Windows machines. I used to be a Windows user for all my life up until four years ago. So. Um, Whatever floats your boat. If it works, it works. If you're happy with it, if it, if it's easy just to use something you're already using and it's Windows, then use Windows. But uh, as long as you have the capability of getting out and connecting, which they all do, they have done for years. They've all got Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, um, all that sort of stuff, which is what you need to to connect up when you're mobile. So, so that's all good. So I, I don't really think this one is necessarily better than the other. It just comes down to a, a, a preference. So. Yeah. So what was the next one after the 
Mac. Well, it kind of have like it? IT support rolled into that. Like it's, you need to have an, so I had a conversation with a client earlier in the week. He had some issues setting up his email on his PC or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was asking about it and it was, it was kind of frustrating because we don't do IT support and really his query was kind of verging. He had some problem with his internet connection at the office and oh, it was right. really, it was, he was fair and square in IT support t- terrain and he didn't have anyone, that, and they have five staff, they had no IT support person or service. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of thrust into that IT support role, but really from a business perspective, you need to have someone needs to be responsible for giving you support when it breaks. So you need like, I mean, it's in a commercial environment, you should have a company you have a relationship with. If, if you have staff, you know, that is going to, that you can call and they will give you IT support. So I think that's, I don't know anything more, I don't know what more if you have something to add on that point, but I think it's just something that I want to highlight that, you know, technology breaks, it is a piece of machinery and it is going to have problems. So you've got to expect that and you're going to need support for that. So I think Yeah, definitely. You do need someone like, you know, Lois has me um, and, and, <laughs> and Sasha, Sasha has me. Uh, but, but yeah, in terms of our staff, they're all over the place anyway. So they would just be getting assistance from, from someone locally wherever they are. Uh, but if you're in one location for sure, you've got to have that, that scenario in, in place so you can protect yourself and get things sorted quickly so you don't have lots of downtime. So, uh, it's, it's and if you have a Mac, you can go to the Mac stores that they have the little genius bar thing or whatever. And yeah, they can fix yep. most problems. So, yep, that's, that's true. So you yeah. do need to have something in consider. And look, you know, when you're traveling, that's a that's a very good point. The the fact that if you can take your I'm not quite sure on the on the the logistics of that in terms of if you're out and about and you're in the UK for example and you've got your Mac with you whether you can just pop into an Apple store and whether they're going to help you out if you bought the yeah you can yeah. it's a global warranty it's a global warranty so there you go uh, yeah. so it, as long as your uh, system is uh, within warranty, and I've even heard of people whose system it was like slightly out of warranty, and they were still getting help. But yeah, you know, well, I think you can pay as well for a session or whatever. So yeah, uh, so it's important. I think if you're mobile, you've got to have these sorts of things in place. And it, when when we were traveling uh, around for a, a while, we always had little mini hard drives that we're backing up our stuff to, um, yeah. and even to the point where I would carry my in in the in my backpack, I would carry my wife's uh, Lois's hard drive backup of her laptop that she had with her, and she'd have the backup drive of mine in her case. So, you know, if we if we if we lost if my case got stolen, it wouldn't be the case. My, oh, sorry, my my laptop and my hard drive backup. It, um, I'd, I'd have something I could get data off if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on how paranoid you want to be, I suppose, as to how how much protection you want to give yourself in terms of things failing or breaking or getting stolen yeah. when you when you're mobile. But you need to think of these things, because um, yeah. this this happened to a friend of mine. <laughs> it's a funny story, Steve. If you're listening, uh, you'll you'll know this. He was uh, he had to go to the toilet. Uh, he was travelling. He was in Germany doing a workshop, and he was with his business partner. And he said, "Dave, look after my la- my laptop uh, and my my backpack here." while I go to the toilet. And he'd only been away for 30 seconds. Dave had turned his back for literally five seconds and someone swiped the backpack and was off. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and Dave's not the, the fittest 
uh, of men. So he was not going to give chase <laughs> to this young whippersnapper that uh, stole the, the bag and was off down the platform before he knew it. And um, that had all this, you know, his whole bloody life was on that laptop and he had no backups of things and it was a real dra- drama. Mm. So don't let that happen. Yeah, and I'll link because we have a whole episode about backups, so I'll link to that in the show notes as we well. We do. So. Cool. So, yeah. so the other thing to to think of when you're traveling is certainly communication in terms of being able to talk to people because if mm-hmm. you're a customer – um, sorry, if you're a customer, if you have customers that you need to talk to regularly or clients that you're consulting with, then some form of communi- communication is obviously going to be the thing you need. Now, uh, we've all got mobile phones and smartphones, and depending on who your provider is, whether it's Vodafone or Telstra, etc., cetera, um, some of those businesses are easier to work with in terms of their roaming capabilities when you're overseas as, as other, other companies. Um, I found that Vodafone are quite good and you can pay um, not a lot of extra money to, to have the ability to use your phone overseas just like you would here for an extra $5 a day, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure, yeah, you were the one that put me under that. So, yeah. uh, and, and that sort of thing is, um, is becoming more commonplace these days and it, and it makes sense so you're not overseas and travelling and get a you know $2,000 phone bill. Um, that possibly could still happen. So we've always got to be cautious but i i found when we were traveling the best phone communication system that we were using um was not our mobile phone it was skype yeah um and of course you can use skype on your phone these days if you've got a wi-fi connection so you're not using your your uh, mobile plan up but uh skype you know if you're paying for um the 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 professional skype out uh version of it um you can make phone calls to pretty much anywhere from overseas at very small cost. Uh, and you can have a dedicated phone number attached to your Skype account so people can call a phone number if they're in Australia somewhere or, or wherever they are. And uh, you can be in touch all the time. And yep. so that's what we found. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're predominantly using Skype when you travel. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, our phone system is built on Skype. So uh, back in the day when we had our $10,000, $12,000 phone system at the IT company, <laughs> Skype does everything that phone system does. Um, and we have we so um, we so have daily call with the team and we all we actually use Google Hangouts for that now um, because we all get on the, the, the webcam so we can see each other. But... Um, Skype also has a group version where you can share credit and all that sort of stuff. So it's got some fancy stuff for um, groups and things like that. But that does, yeah, everything. I think I pay, you know, my Skype cost is probably like $150 a year with all the credit and numbers and everything else we have hanging off it. But, yeah, that does everything that the the 10 grand phone system does and more. So um, the other tool we use on top of that, um, we use Viber as well. So Viber is like yeah, like an SMS app. So with the team, because everyone's in different locations and people are in different time zones as well. So we use Viber for like time critical communications. So, um, so Viber is free. So it's basically like free SMS between each other and it has a desktop app as well as a mobile app. So when I'm out and about, if anyone on the team needs anything from me, they hit me with a Viber message. Um, and also it does calls as well. So it's call quality is actually significantly better than um, Skype, like it's a much clearer. I think it's it? a newer, yeah, they use a newer type of uh, VoIP 
software or codec or whatever for the sound. So it's actually a lot clearer um, sound as well. I basically use it for, I have a handful of people that I know answer their Viber calls, so I'll, I'll call them that, that as well. But that's a really good. Mm, interesting. The, the Skype internet message is very unreliable, whereas the Viber, you can see that's been delivered, you can see when it's been read. So for us, when there's something that's time critical, like a client needs something today or something, you, know, you need an answer for something or a login for something, that works really well for group communication. Because I don't look at email all day, I look at it once or twice a day. So that's a good kind of in-between um, option. Awesome. I mean, I've got Viber on my phone. I didn't re- realize, or maybe I did, I don't know. Uh, so it's just a, an app you can download from the Mac store if you've got an Apple, or is it from yeah. the Viber site? Okay. From the yeah, I think from the app store. From the app store, yeah, okay. Uh, so that's interesting um, as to whether we could actually um, use that to record our podcast. I wonder if that's a possibility. If the, if, yeah, so that, we'll look into that. But so that's a classic example. You know, we, uh, Brendan and I do this podcast. We're recording it now on Skype, and often we're in different places when we're doing it. Um, so, but the, but the fact that Skype can you can really be anywhere. To, to get the advantage of connecting to people, it's it's pretty cool. Um, and so I must be probably getting close to eleven years now since I've been using Skype, which freaks me out. But uh, basically, started using it in the first couple of weeks that it was that it became available, and um, it's always been great. I don't think it's really been improved in any way, shape, or form since Microsoft bought bought it from the original developers. Uh, sorry, Microsoft, but I don't think you have. But it's um, it's still a, a good tool, and I, I haven't got to the point where you know sometimes there's issues with it, but I haven't gotten to the point where it's, oh no, I'm not going to use Skype anymore, uh, mm-hmm. just because of the proliferation of how many people have the damn thing. So uh, yeah. you know, and it's great that there's services like Viber around that, that are giving some options, but yeah. um, just it, they don't have the penetration in, in the marketplace anywhere near as much as Skype does. So. Yeah. The big thing I like about Skype is the ability to buy, get actual real landline numbers that people can call and you know, yeah, absolutely. call through to your desktop or you can redirect them mm. um, to wherever, wherever you want them to go. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that is definitely worth checking out for sure. It is indeed. So, what else have you got on your list? Well, you know, on the telephones bracket, I used to, I don't have it anymore because we don't do more stuff by email now versus telephone, but uh, we used to have a phone entering service from. Uh, in Australia called Office HQ and that was really good as well mm. um, for first level they were technicals they'd have an Australian receptionist and they could direct the calls they could give out mobile numbers or direct the call to whoever that person was it's basically you're paying for like a switchboard service so that would be uh, if you need that type of surface, surface, service uh, officehq.com.au that's a good option Office HQ yeah We've, I've used those with clients before they're pretty good so it's not a full receptionist sort of type uh, service. It's really, as you say, just a almost a call transfer um, system. Message taking. Message service. taking, yeah. But, but, but great. You know, if you don't want your calls to go to a voicemail and you want a human to answer them, um, then, you know, that, that's good. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next I have on the list, which is an important one, especially when you're doing cloud stuff, so you move everything to the cloud, your internet connectivity becomes much more important. So you have an internet outage, basically nothing will work. What things don't work like they do when you're online. So yeah, really just a point about having a backup internet internet connection. Now, 
most people's phones can act as an internet hotspot. So in 99% of cases, that's fine. So I just I make the point of knowing, uh, having some sort of second internet connection option and knowing how to use your phone as a hotspot in case, because your ADSL is going to be down. If you're working from home, the ADSL is going to be down from time to time. Or if you're at the office, there could be some, you know, again, you have to assume that technology is going to break. It's better to make that assumption and have plans for it rather than be surprised every time there's an outage. So I think that's, you need to be familiar with that personal hotspot function on your phone. Yeah, and it's so easy to set up. It takes two minutes to get it up and running. And uh, I, I find it quite reliable and, and fast compared to often some of the Wi-Fi connections I get at coffee shops. So um, you've just got to be wary of what your, your bandwidth or, sorry, not your, your data transfer limit is with your account if you're going on your your hotspot through your phone because you can quite easily chew through whatever you, you know, you might have a, a gigabyte available a month or two or four, whatever it is, you've still got to be cautious because at home in our office we've got 600 gigabyte a month uh, data transfer limit which we don't hit but we you know we go usually sort of close to 400 mm-hmm. which is a lot so we're used to using lots of lots of data in terms of watching videos and all sorts yeah. of things so if you keep the same habit up when you're out using using your mobile data <laughs> next thing you know you haven't got any so yeah. or you're going to overdrive and start paying for for the additional costs of the extra stuff per minute or per megabyte. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, so next up we've got email host, and we've talked about this so many times on so many episodes. I think there's probably five different episodes we talked about it. But, um, yeah, again, like you know, the two options we've talked about time and time again are Google Apps email hosting or Microsoft Office 365 email hosting. And they really, I don't, unless you have a specific reason for it, I would say there's no reason to have an email server sitting in your office and certainly cheaper hosting options are going to give you a lot of headaches. You know, it's going to cost money for Google Apps or Office 365, but the amount of headaches it will save and the portability you get or mobility you get from those services is absolutely worth it. Yeah, too true. So, yeah, we won't go into that in great detail because we've already done it, so we'll uh, have a link for that one as well. Yep. Uh, so what else? I mean, I think it's just that that ability to to just to be able to move around is pretty uh, amazing these days. And I think a lot of people take it for granted. For the, those people who are sort of really used to using this sort of technology, so it wasn't that far ago, uh, long ago, where this was a lot more difficult. So yeah. everybody has the. Uh, the ability to get access to this now at a, a very small cost. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> unless you know, unless you you are not wanting to do this type of thing and you're not interested in being able to travel and work at the same time, then it's probably of no use to you. But uh, I, I think a lot of people are in that sort of um, area where they go, "Look, it'd be good to untether myself from the office, the ball and chain." Yeah, I mean, well, the last one I have here is on file sharing and network drives. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so, again, like back in the, the day, we had a five or $10,000 file server that just sat there and stored the files, and it was just a central point for everyone to save stuff to. Mm. So now, so we use a combination. I think you use it too. So we use Dropbox 
for most of well, we use a combination of Dropbox and then we use Google Apps as well. So Google Apps we use for like client files and storing that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and then Dropbox we use for bigger files like like videos or you know attachments or design files and that sort of stuff. But again, you know whatever Dropbox, I think I pay 120 bucks a year or something like that for. Yeah. Versus for a, thousands yeah. for a file server. Yeah, and that's for a terabyte of data storage. So, I mean, you know, that's that's pretty amazing when you consider the cost of that. Yeah. Uh, and it just makes it so easy because, you know, you don't have the restrictions of sending large files over email and it just that used to be a pain in the bum. You could, it was always a difficult thing to do. And let's face it, there are so many files that you want to send people these days that are bigger than what most email systems will let you send. So um, what's the limit on Google Apps mail system through Gmail? Uh, I believe it's it's 50 megabytes, I think. 50 it's megabytes, the, yeah. Cause just I, pretty sizable. Yeah. I think for the normal Gmail, it's 20 from off the top of my head. But. Right. Um, so, look, yeah, I for sure, you've got to have something that you can easily share that sort of stuff with and Dropbox or any of the others are fine or, 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 or Google Drive, That you know, if that's you, what you want to use, that's... Um, I don't think it's as refined as Dropbox personally and I think Dropbox yeah. keeps getting better and they keep introducing some more functionality to the system that's already great so um, yeah Google Google Apps isn't the sync isn't as good or Google Drive the syncing isn't as good that's why we use it for smaller files but basically we, instead of using Microsoft Office we'll use, we use Google Apps instead because we don't do a lot of client facing documents all of our stuff is internal um, and Google Apps is also an awesome intranet system, so it kind of acts like our intranet where we all have we have all our processes and policies there as well. So um, all our process docs are numbered, so um, they have a number and a title, and you know, it's a simple case of you know, we just refer to the process number and someone can go into Google Apps and search it, and that's really good for that sort of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. definitely bigger files, the syncing is a bit more painful, so that's why we use Dropbox for that. Awesome. Well... People should go out and read Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week. <laughs> then they might, if they haven't, haven't read it, I mean, it's a very popular book. Uh, have, have a read of it. It might give you some ideas if you're sort of in that um, space of wanting to get out and about. I mean, it doesn't even have to be, here's the thing, it doesn't even have to be getting out and about and traveling to another state or another country. It could just be getting out of your office. I mean, that could be enough for some people that aren't really considering the fact that they could go and work in a cafe when they feel like because sometimes I like working in a cafe I get uh, a different energy in a cafe and something about the white noise I don't know what it is but um, I can I can think and get ideas better in a cafe than I can just sitting in my home office mm-hmm. um, change of environment who knows what it is but the fact even that like I had, you know, I still hear stories of people have to drive to the office to do things which is a little bit crazy in this day and age yeah to check yeah. their email that's ridiculous yeah. um but yes, I mean, you can just grab your bag, pop your laptop in it. You've got your phone with you. So even if there's no free Wi-Fi at the cafes, which there's so many cafes now that have free Wi-Fi, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, you can just sit there and access and have a coffee and get into a different mindset and then you never know. It uh, mm. might, might be the thing you need just to get out of the office for an hour but still be connected and, and able to do uh, the work you need to and be um, able to be reached by people. Uh, that might be enough for someone. It doesn't necessarily have to be traveling the world. So, very cool. All right. Perfect. Nothing else to add. We will say 
Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Ed. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher.